ready for the walk? Sure about that? All right, who's someone says, let's say this together, Father. In the name of your son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in Christ alone. There is no confusion. There is no contradictions in this atmosphere. We behold you as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified as we are edified. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's continue our series. We, start, we started a series last week. Amen. And we said, following God's plan for your life. That's the subject title, or we call, call it the series title, following God's plan for your life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Can you hear me? All right. Following God's plan for your life. And I have a ritual. Anytime I start series like this, I start with John 8, verse 12. Let's go there. I mean, for the cause of this series, it seems as though it doesn't have anything to do with it, but I just have a ritual starting with it because I love the text so much. So anytime I'm teaching along the lines of this, but um, you will see why it matters as we progress in this series. Amen. All right, look at it in John 8, verse 12. It says, And Jesus came unto them, saying, I am the light of this world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. So you see, that followeth me will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of what? Of life. So we as believers, we must understand that our life is already different and there is a race we must follow. Amen. All right, let's go to Hebrews 12 verse 1. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Hebrews 12 verse 1. He says, wherefore seen, we also, as compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight that doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And I told us last week, I said, there is a race we must follow. And we must run the race of your own track. And I told you last week, I said, in following God's plan for your life, you've got a lot to find out in following God's plan for your life. And I told you that we live in a world that is governed by opportunities. We live in a world that is governed by its pathos, by is governed by its own track. That is, we live in a world such that uh, when you're born, um, they'll beat you to cry. When you're born, you, the next thing they would start telling you is take you to a kindergarten. They say, okay, learn this, learn that. Or you start learning from A, B, C. If you, if you grew up in a good place you, or in a rich place, you learn A for ball, A for apple, sorry. But if you grew up in, no, if you grew up in a, in a, in a poor place or some, not let me say poor place, like in a medium place, you learn A for, A for Argentina, A for Accra. Evil Akara, evil something. But if you grew up in, if you grew up in a rich place, say A for a wrong plane, A for you know, A for Australia, A for you know, 
for America, you know, something like that. It was, but people like us, we grew up in where we, where we let A for Apple, A for B for Bo. You know, I was telling some of you on Tuesday, I said, there's a way, we, there's a way they taught us how to learn clock when we were younger. Uh, they'll tell you when the big guy is in, is, in, is in 12 and the small is in 4, is 4 o'clock. When the big guy is in, when the big guy is in 2 and the small is in 6, what is it? You see, I don't understand. What's bigger? What's the small? And I told, I remember, I, I was telling some of you, I remember when I was young, I told, them, I told my auntie there, I said, but there's still another hand moving. So what is that hand? He said, that's not your business. Your own is, I can say, okay, what if the hand is in the middle? So she told me, what if the hand is in the middle? I said, it's in quarter two. He said, no. But you know, you just say, what's the time? 10.52. I mean, I, life has life has changed. <laughs> Me, I had to learn clock by saying, so today I'm I'm very sad when somebody, when I ask somebody the clock, they say 1052. I want you to tell me what I learned. Quarter past the, the time was quarter past three or quarter past four or quarter two. You know, that's that's how that's how we learn clock. But now you just say 11, 11 o'clock, eleven oh one. What's that? <laughs> What's that? So we have we had different patterns of growing up. So we grew up so many ways. We grew up we grew up we grew up that way, right? So there's already that world such that when you grow up, you have um, you have uh, what do they call it? You grow up learning kindergarten. Then from there, you start taking classes. And then from classes, some of you will have different ambitions. Oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. Some of you never, some of you never even smell the hospital. I just want to be a doctor. Nobody even said anything. You, because your parents just told you you want to be a doctor or you watched a movie. You say, some people say, I want to be an aeronautic engineer. And in their country, they don't even study it. <laughs> so I had, I had my friend one day, they asked him in class when we were watching. They said, what do you want to become? He said, I want to become an aeronautic engineer. I said, what does that mean? Is it like all the people that fly play? I say, did they study in that place? Any, did they study that course anywhere in this country? I mean, not in America anyway. I'm saying the country I came from. I don't want to mention it because it's the best country in the world. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he said, why? I said, I said, why are you why are you giving yourself a fossil? He said, no, no, that's what I want to study. You want to study a course that is, doesn't even exist in your country. I mean, but everybody has that. I mean life goals, life ambition. So you grow up that way, and when you're that way, so they start, when you're done with high school, when you're done with school, middle school, when you're done with all of those things, the next thing is you're going to college. Some people don't even go to college. Some people drop out. Then when you get to college, you do your bachelor's degree. When you get to your bachelor's degree, you do your master's. When you get to your master's, they'll tell you it's still not over. They, if, in fact, even from the master, they started telling you, I mean, you can still push further. I was in a graduation party just on Saturday, a master's graduation, and the person was saying, I was in Canada, and the person was saying, uh, I heard one of the speakers say, you know, you can still push further. I said, push further after the master's. Ah, so push further after where? So you do PhD, they will tell you, it's still not over. I found I was trying to do research on PhD because I want to see what courses I can take. So I said, after you do this, there's still there's still some degrees and certificates you got after PhD. So when is the end to life? So when it really is the end to life? They tell you you can still do like a like a double PhD major. Eh? So I will spend two years or four years doing PhD. They will not tell me I should still do another double major. So I will now do eight years. 
So when is not I'm going to medical school? Hallelujah. So you and life just have that. So as you don't get to a certain age, they'll start asking you, when are you getting married? Don't you have one boy? Don't you have one girl you're talking to? Then you finally get married. They'll ask you, when are you having? They'll, they'll start checking your stomach. They'll just be touching your stomach for you. Anything. Your face is not changing. Anything. You are just happy and glowing. Nothing. Anything. Uh-uh. Your grandma, your mother will tell you, I want to reap the fruit of my labor. I want to carry my grandchildren with my hands. Then you produce the grandchildren. And then after that, you start getting old, you start taking care of your children. Then after that, the next thing you start waiting for is 401k plan, the retirement plan. <laughs> and the next thing is you die. That's exactly how life is. So if you are to follow that kind of pattern for your life, you might not do what God has called you to do. So that's why we call this series, Following God's Plan for Your Life. Hallelujah. Amen. So you need to listen to last week's message. I'm just going to assume you heard last week's sermon because I have so many things to share in this series that this series cannot be at all. So, I will, so I don't think I'll be repeating myself in this series as I used to do. So I would, I think we studied some things last week, um, just hear it. And this week there's another thing to study. Amen. Amen. So we already said, it says, this is Bush 12 verse 1, it says, let us run the race that is set before us. So that means there is a race that is set before us as Christians. As Christians, you must find out the race, the track that is set before you. So that shows, and I told you, I said, salvation is not a reward for Christianity. You being born again is not a reward. There are active words to Christianity. In 1 Timothy 4, you see in, you see in, um, you see in 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, you see in Ephesians 6 verse 10, it says, fight the good fight of faith, put on the armor of God. It says, pray always without prayers and supplication. 1 Timothy, those are active words. They are active words in Christianity, and those are the things you will be rewarded for. You see in another part where it says you should give. You will be rewarded for all of those things, but you will not be rewarded for you just being born again. There is no reward for that because it's a free gift. But you'll be rewarded for prayer, you'll be rewarded for giving, you'll be rewarded for things, your activities in the local church, you'll be rewarded for fighting the good fight of faith, you'll be rewarded for fleeing temptations, you'll be rewarded for you'll be rewarded for things in the scriptures. But you can't be rewarded for being saved. You must understand that fact. You see in Galatians 5, verse 25, Ephesians 5, 18, Galatians 6, 6, Ephesians Timothy 5, verse 18. So there are things to do, and those things you'll be rewarded for it. You know, when people say, you know, a lot of people just use that statement, God is in control. And they say that statement because it's a lazy, it's a lazy approach for them to just, to just relax as touching the things about life. You just say, God is in control. No. Look at the first, 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4. This was where we started last week. 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. Look at Paul. Look at what he was saying. 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. Look at what Paul was saying. He says, I fought a good fight and I've finished my course and I've kept the faith. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. Can we say, we said the word course there is like the word career last week, right? Occupation. I don't know if you remember that. Career, occupation. It says, I fought a good fight and I've finished my course. So that's why 
Now, this is a guy who was alive. Now, this was a guy who was alive and not, and he was alive and he was saying he has fought the good fight of faith and he has finished his course. Now, these guys were alive. This was Timothy. Timothy was alive and he was saying this. So that shows you can still be alive and you have finished what God has called you to do on earth. I remember there was a popular preacher, Benson Idausa. He was about 59 years. And he told his wife before he died, he said, I'm done preaching. I'm done with everything God has called me to do. His wife said, man, ask him to give you more work. <laughs> ask God to give you more. He said, I'm finished. I've taught the world. I've preached around the world. I mean, I've gone around all the nations of the world preaching. I, I, I just know I'm done with what God told me to do. A couple of days later, he died. Till Osborne. He was 70-something years. Five years before he died, he told the world, he said, I was done with everything God said I should do. Kenneth E. again before he died, he said, I was done. I said, I'm done with everything God said I should do. There's even a man, I told you his story, the popular Benny E. He's still alive today, but he told us some years ago, he said, I'm actually done with everything God wanted me to do on earth. He said, everything I'm just doing now is just to mentor younger people and to make sure that younger people are just okay. He said, I don't know why God is keeping me alive. I heard him say that specifically. I was watching him and I heard him say, he said, I'm actually done with my assignment. You're going to know. You will know. So this is somebody. So now that's that question. So that means you can be alive and not even know what God told you to do. And a lot of people are that way. Some people are even alive and they don't even know what they are meant to do. Not to even talk of finishing. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? So there is a course to follow. There is a course for every believer to follow. Every believer has a course to follow. Look at Jesus. Jesus said, I must do the will of my father while it is day. And when he's on the month of Gethsemane, he knew, he said, now the time is here. Are you getting what I'm saying? These are guys, they knew. Look at Elijah. When Elijah, Elijah knew when he wanted to be departed. He moved. He was ready. So these are guys, they knew when their course was ended. So how do you even know to say, how do you even know to say, I have finished my course when you don't even know if you've started a course? It's just like saying you started a course in school, right? So the course, your, your four-year program in school, you say you're going to, I mean, I'm not talking about the medical student because they don't even know when they are graduating many a times. They just have an idea that some year in, this, in the nearest future will live, will be a doctor. <laughs> I mean, the medical student. But I mean, but on the normal, if you, if you studied like, let's say, uh, Global International Studies, the best course in the world, hallelujah. Uh, Nobody said amen. Wow. Go back to the so it's not the best course in the world. Wow. So you mean nothing is? No, it's your course is going to perish. Your course is going to perish on it. Nothing, you can't, who are you going to be treated when you, who are you going to be treated when you get to heaven? Even computer science, I don't understand. What are, you, are we going to be using computer for God? I say, Lord, let us check it. Well, we're still going to be studying. We're going to be reading, looking around, surveying the nations. <laughs> I'm just joking. Anyway, so God is in control, right? Anyway, so I, I said that. Um, so there's a course to follow. 
There is a cause to follow. And every believer needs to know how much of God's plan and purpose of they have to follow in life. Look at in Acts 9. Acts 9. This was Paul. Let's see certain things. And I'm teaching you this because you need to understand that in life, there's a cause for you to follow. Look at what, look at when Paul got born again. Look at the assignment of what they told him that he would do. Look at in Acts 9 verse 15. It says, but the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, this was Paul relieved by the Holy Ghost to say, there are certain times, Paul has certain times, he says he will suffer. Now, this is the Lord telling him he is going to suffer for his name. So you need, and let me tell you something. You need to follow God's plan in the details. When I mean in the details, in the every details. Everywhere you go, you need to make sure that you are carrying God's plan and purpose with you. Because direction never comes from outside. Direction comes from within. You must know that 1 Corinthians 6 made us to understand, 2 Corinthians 6, that you are the temple of God. So that means you have the spirit of the living God dwelling with you. So as a believer, you have the spirit of the living God dwelling with you. John 14 verse 16 made us to understand that the spirit of God dwells in the believer too. So the inward witness guides you in the details. The inward witness guides you in the details. I told you, what's that inward witness? Who can remember the definition I gave last week? The inward witness is something, is that nitty-gritty of you knowing what God wants you to do. And I told you, the inward witness either endorses, right, refutes, or accepts a fact. Either endorses, refutes, or accepts a fact. So the word witness guides you in the details. The word witness guides you to where to do. That is the name, where, what, the specific details. I'll give you a story. I remember 2019, the Lord told me, come to New York. I was, some of you remember, some of you that were around me then will remember, I was thinking when they said go to New York, go to New York means go to Manhattan or go to Brooklyn, go to the big city. I kept doing research. I kept looking up how I can come to Martin, go to Brooklyn, till I said, okay. And asked, a friend now asked me, where exactly is God sending you to in New York? I said, oh, that's true. I, I never really thought about it. I never prayed about it. I said, oh, wow. So I went to pray. As I got to pray, I just heard the name of a city called Rochester. I have never heard that name in my life before. Never. Then I looked up the city. I saw that it was a very small city. I was like, who goes to a small city? How do I move from a village in Indiana to another village? I mean, Indiana is not a village. Uh, Indiana is, is, is God's... Uh, no, I mean, those that, we, those that are Indiana are going to be feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm endorsing their city. No, it's I mean, but... Whatever. <laughs> but, but how do I move to a small city that I don't even have the luxury to enjoy? And I Googled Times Square from here without those seven hours. With those five hours, 30 minutes. Why? Like, God, why did you decide to punish me this way? But he says, go. So I, in the refuting it, 
I remember I spoke to somebody, and the guy told me, because we went for a meeting together, and he said, I spoke to one of you guys, and the guy said, Pastor, remember, this man told us, it is exactly where we don't like, God will send us. I said, why did you have to remind me? <laughs> Hallelujah. So the evil witness guides you into details. It guides you into specifics. That is what God wants you to do. And exactly where. That is, there's going to be details. Name, places, where, details of where he wants you to do. Look at in Acts 20. This was Paul. Paul went to a minister's conference. And in a minister's conference, obviously, there are going to be pastors there, right? They're going to be preachers, men of the Holy Ghost, right? Men who can flow with the Spirit, men who can give tongues and interpretation, men who, can, who are demon casting, men who yes God, right? And this was Paul in Acts 20. They told, they told him, they said, ah, Paul, you know, you don't have to leave. You don't have to leave this place. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. You know, the Paul, said, Paul said, I am going. They told Paul, you don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't have to go there. And as Paul said, I'm going. Because the inward witness says I should go. Well, that's, and you know, many of us, before I get to many, well, some of the things I want to explain, many of us think that when it is fine, it is God. When it is not fine, it is not God. Who says so? Who said so? A lot of people think, when it is going well. When things are looking good, when things are looking calm, when things are right, when things are, you know, when things are, everything is just going good, everything is just good, it's God. When things are not going good, it's not God. Who said so? <laughs> Nobody said so in the scriptures. Nobody said so in the scriptures. Look at Paul. Because a lot of us think, it's just like when we read the book of Acts, we just think that everything that happened in the book of Acts happened every day. Like, okay, um, this um, chapter 1 today, chapter 2 tomorrow, chapter 3 next tomorrow, chapter 4 next tomorrow. No! According to history, the book of Acts was here every week. Many things, many accounts in the book of Acts happened within the space of 30 years, 15 years. Chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter, another 15 years would have passed, another 20 years would have passed. It, doesn't, it didn't happen every week. So a lot of people just think, oh, so this happened. So before, so before any prophecy even happened, before any prophecy came for Paul to say, don't go to Jerusalem. Paul already had gone. Paul already knew from his inward witness where he was to go. I had a popular preacher tell me, I told him, a very renowned man of God, I respect him, I still do. He told me, I told him, I said, you know, the Lord is sending me to New York. He said, uh, who goes to New York? New York is very godless. Uh, you should not go there. He said, go to Florida. Why not go to Florida? Why not go to Texas? Why not go to the places where the churches are? I said, ah, I mean, that's cool. But I know God didn't send me there. <laughs> I, I mean, this is a man. I've watched him. Sometimes I haven't preached like him. Sometimes I respect him. I still do. If he comes to New York today, I'm going there. I'm going for his meeting. If he even comes around New York, he's going to preach in our church. Yeah. But he told me, he said, why are you going to New York? Who goes there? I said, I said that's where God sent me. He said, no, don't go there. Go to, I said, I don't know where I'm going. The same thing happened to Paul. They told him, don't go to Jerusalem. Something is about to happen. In fact, Agabus, who prophesied in Acts 11, 
was still the same guy here in R20. We saw the efficacy of Agapus' prophecy in R20 level. Was still the same guy in R20. Agapus said, Bro, we don't go. And Paul said, Look at what Paul said in R20. R20. Look at it in verse 19. Because, because, before you need, because a lot of us like prophecies. So we just hear prophecies, you know, just hear some interpretation. And you, do, you, you do where to step forth and shine forth. And in the trickles and the frequels, you move forth and know. As you go, you see. As you see the well, you see Miami. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because Miami has been on your mind. You say, oh, yeah, you see Bali. Bali, so, so you don't say, you say Bali. Then in your human world witness, you are hearing, Go to Russia, go into Russia, go to Russia, go to Ukraine. You say, ah. Or Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iraq. You just say, go to, you say, no, no. You say, you say, let me go and pray. Go and pray about what? <laughs> you know, my pastor used to tell us, he said, when you have light, and you are praying for more light, you, are, you will get darkness. <laughs> Follow the light you have. Hallelujah. So look at what happened in Acts 2, verse 19. Let's see verse 19. He says, serving the Lord, or let's see for verse 18, and when they were come to him, he said unto him, you know from the first day that I came to Asia, after what manners have been with you in all seasons, in verse 19, he says, serving God with all the humility of mind and with many tears. So you see that serving God requires many tears, right? It's not going to be easy, right? If you think, if you think you're going to serve God and in serving God, you're just going to be having joy in the Holy Ghost, Glory every day. Woo, glory to God. You know, it's not going to be that easy. He said, serving God with all humility of mind, right? With many tears. So you're going to cry sometimes. You know, like, Lord, this thing is not easy. Jesus did the same. He said, Lord, take this cup away from me. So, see, it was many tears. He was on the cross and he was shouting, my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? See, it was many tears, right? So, he said, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, with many tears and temptations, which befell me lying in wait of the Jews, he said, How I had back nothing from you, which was profitable to you. I showed you and taught you publicly from house to house. He says, Testifying the, uh, from house to house. He says, for both, Testifying both to the Jews and also to the great repentance towards God and faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 22, look at what he says. He says, And now. Let's read it together. Let's read it together, verse 22. And now, what? Behold, what? I go bound in the Spirit unto who? Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. He says, I go bound. He says, I don't care what's going to wait for me there. He says, I'm bound to go there. And people have told him, don't go, don't go, don't. He says, I'm bound to go. I remember Ben seeing that was a story. I heard this when I was much younger and he stirred my faith up in the ministry. I mean, you will be, you'll be wondering who is Benson in that house. You don't say, no, it's not how you're Benson. We're not related, no. He's from Benin. I'm from Ikiti. <laughs> so, so he said, many years ago, they had an opportunity to come to the United States of America before, before the world knew him, right? And when they come to the United States, they saw that, oh, the call of God was so strong on his life. And they told him, you know, you should stay with, us, stay with us here in the United States. We're going to give you a car, give you a house, put you on salary, many salary. You give access, you build your church for you, this and that. You know, that, you know, that seemed like an open door for somebody who doesn't even have a, a church in Nigeria at all. That's at that time. 
You know, that seemed like an open door. He told his wife, his wife was already sharing testimony, telling the world, oh, you know, oh, we just got it. We ain't coming back to Nigeria anymore. He said, we are calling everybody in the family. We ain't coming back anymore. The Lord, they already giving us everything. All of them, they already said yes. Then they've already signed the document, did everything. He said, oh, yeah. We, we started ministry, you see, those people that rejected us in Nigeria, you see, we, this is the best way for us, you know, <laughs> to at least attack our enemies back, you know. You yeah. And the Lord just came to him at night as he slept and said, Benzie, wake up. If you don't want to die, you leave this country tomorrow. So he said, oh, look at the Lord come and attack somebody that way. I say, if you don't want to die, oh, you don't know? Yeah, you can do that. He said, Benzie, start up. And he said, he said, I don't have a problem with this. The only problem I have is my wife. God bless women. He said, the only problem I have is my wife. What's she going to say? So she told, he told his wife, he said, ah. I said, ah, you mean God said we should drop all this thing down and go back to where we don't even have a house? He said, yeah. And the Lord told him, I'll open the door for you. I'll do it myself. Before he died, he was given an honorary citizen of the United States. <laughs> Hallelujah. By him just obeying God. Hallelujah. I remember my pastor said some years ago, the Lord said him to go. He went to South Africa. And the Lord asked him when he was on the plane, why, when he got to South Africa, well, asked him, why are you in this country? <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said, I, I don't understand. I'm waiting here. He said, I never sent you here. <laughs> he said he just preached. I said he just tried his best to just preach what he could do, and he ran back. Then his friend now said, when he got back, he said he said the friend said, why? He said I. He said when the friend saw that, wow, this was years ago. He said, he said wow, that wow, you know, I see that God, God is really opening the door for you. I knew. He said which door? God never sent me there. He said that was the day he knew he was never going to listen to that friend. <laughs> he said, the Lord told him, I'm going to open the nations for you myself. And the Lord has done it. Now he has access to many nations in Africa today. Amen. So many, so you see, <laughs> if you don't have an option outside the work of ministry, so sometimes I tell preachers, I say, if you don't have an option outside the work of ministry, I doubt whether you are really doing the work of ministry. Somebody asked me one day, say, do you like preaching? I said, no. I said, eh? I said, no. I said, do you wish to preach? I said, I don't. I said, I had my own ambitions. But he said, do you still want to preach? I said, I don't wish to. But I have to. <laughs> I have to. I have alternatives. If this, if God forbid, it's going to work. Hallelujah. I have alternatives. Hallelujah. Amen. So I said, do you like preaching? No, I don't like it. I don't like it all the time, but I just have to do it. I have to do it. So, Paul always had visions, always had a canvas. In fact, in Acts 16, look at in Acts 16, Acts 16, verse 6 to 7. So, he said he knows. He was bound in that place. In Acts 20, he said he was bound, right, to go to jail. Look at in Acts 16. They've already printed a flyer that they were going to Asia. They've already, there was already, there was already a press conference. We're coming. Everybody, they're already doing crusade. They're already doing... Uh, uh, the flyers were everywhere, the banners were everywhere, social media flyers, sponsored posts. 
In Acts 16, verse 6, he said, Now when they had gone through the Pagi and the region of Jalesia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach in Asia. <laughs> they were like, oh boy, we ain't coming anymore. Meeting council. <laughs> we ain't coming anymore. Because we're forbidden of the Holy Ghost. Someone said, can God say no? Yes. Can God say no to your plan? Why not? Some of you who have worked with me in ministry, who've planned something, want to do something, we just say, I just say, I'm not led. Sorry, I'm so sorry. That's why a preacher must learn how to apologize. I say, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Some of you, they have heard me say that many times. I'm so sorry. I, I missed it there. I, I didn't really hear God well at that point. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. So, that's why you should not try to please people. Don't try to please people. Say they were so, look at the verse 7. After they were come to Misha, and I said to them, but the Spirit suffered them not. Says they should not go. Says I'm passing by Misha, go to a vision appeared to Paul by now and says, just to the man to me, Macedonia, come to Macedonia. And what is Macedonia? Macedonia is a poor place. <laughs> so go there. Hallelujah. So you see, following God's plan, things are not going to be easy. You're not going, it's not going to go your way all the time. Nope. It's not going to go your way all the time. Somebody asked me one day, Are you happy that you're in New York? I said, No. I said, no. The course I studied in school doesn't seem to be in this area. <laughs> so I had to look for alternatives. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I said, you, you, do you like New York? Who likes a busy city? Everybody likes a quiet city. I mean, some like busy cities, but I mean, I don't like it. So says, why are you here? I have to be. <laughs> I have a cause in life to follow. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? So don't try to please people. Don't try to please people. Because in pleasing people, you're going to lose out of God's plan for your life. Remember we started, we said, the world is already governed by its own opportunities. The world is already governed by its own tracks. The world is already governed by its own arrangement for you. But is that really... God's arrangement for your life? That's the question. That's the question. In Acts 13 verse 25, Acts 13 verse 25, Acts 13 verse 25, it says, and John what? Fulfilled his what? His cause. John fulfilled his cause. John fulfilled his cause. At 20 verse 24, we're there earlier. At 20 verse 24, at 20 verse 24, it says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my what? My course with joy. So the will of God becomes our profession. The will of God becomes our profession. The will of God becomes our profession. God wants us to be engaged in his will every day. When we say every day, every, what do you do every day? You eat every day, right? You sleep every day. You drink water every day. You, uh, you, you mean, you, 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 what do you do again? You, what do you do every day? You breathe every day, right? So just like that, God wants you. So every day counts in God's will for your life. 
Some people, I've heard some people say, it doesn't matter. It's just one week. It's just one month. It's just one year. Do you know what that one week, just that one month, just that one year can cost? It can cost you your entire life. It can cost you your entire ministry. It can cost you your entire destiny. Your entire life can be altered just by just that one week. Somebody say, oh, you know, see, you need to understand that God's will for your life counts every day of your life. Every day, every decision, every step you are taking, everything you're doing, God's will matters every day. And that's why some of us have always told you, some of you set landmines for yourself. Some of you set yourself up. I'm going to do this when I'm 35. I'm going to do this when I'm 40. I'm going to, you just set yourself up. Some of you put yourselves in prison. You just put yourself in prison because of that. So you are caged to follow that plan. That is why Romans 12 verse 2. Romans 12 verse 2 says. Romans 12 verse 2. That's why it says. You look at it in Romans 12 verse 2. It says, and be not conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is good, what is acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So you must recognize that in following God's plan for your life, in following God's will for your life, you have to renew your mind. That's why, look at Proverbs 4 verse 23. We're coming back to that. Put your hands in that Romans 12 verse 2. We'll go to Proverbs 4 verse 23. Proverbs 4 verse 23. Proverbs 4 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. Evangelist says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are what? The issues of life. How do you guard your heart? You just guard it. You just guard your heart. You just guard it. So Romans 12 verse 2, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you will not recognize God's leading if you don't renew your mind. You got to renew your mind. Be not conformed. Conformed means you adjust yourself pattern to the system of this world. Where they said there is a system that the world has, right? We said that, right? And there is a pattern that the world has, right? We said that. So we will not adjust our life to the system of the world. Inner says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you need to change how you think. So we can safely say you will not recognize God's leading if you don't renew your mind. You won't know what God is saying. You won't know how to follow God's plan for your life if you don't renew your mind. We're still studying following God's plan for your life. Following God's plan for your life. So you need to change the way you think. Because the mind is a very powerful thing. The mind is very powerful. The mind is very powerful. Some people hide things in their mind till they get married. And when they get married, they start bringing out things. And their partner is like, I never knew you, you are like this way. I never knew you are this way. I never knew. Why? Because they've not adjusted their mind. Their mind has not been renewed. A lot of people, they hear the word, just like I'm preaching to you this Sunday or every week. They hear the word, but they fail to adjust their mindset on certain areas. 
the face to adjust some thinking. That's why you hear some people say, even as I am, this is still how I am. This is still how I am. Upon all the teachings you hear every week, this is still how you are. So say, this is how I was born. This is how, this is how you were born. Nobody is born with any personality. There was nobody born on this earth with any personality. Everybody was born neutral. We all develop our personalities by influences around us, by the influences around us, by the people around us, by the culture we grew up in, by the kind of influences we have around us, even by the music we listen to, even by the kind of movies we watch, by the kind of people we grew up with, by the kind of surroundings we live in. I was studying something. I did a project sometimes in school many years ago on culture, and I was doing the hip-hop culture. I think that was the project. I, I studied much of the culture and I found out that, in fact, a whole lot of things determine the culture of humans. And everybody can be influenced by the most littlest thing in the world. So if you don't adjust your mind to see the world or see the world as it is, you are going to have a problem. So the first point of call in following God's plan for your life is recognizing or seeing that you need to renew your mind. The first point of call means you need to renew your mind. A lot of people can be sitting in the will of God for hours and never know. A lot of people can be sitting, let me bring this home literally. A lot of people can be talking with even somebody that God wants them to marry and they never know. Why? Because their minds are not renewed. Some people can be talking and just talking with a friend. They call, keep calling the person friend. I keep calling the person friend. Hey, see, they make a mistake and marry somebody else because they failed. And that's the, do you know why? Because there are some things that is clogged on their mind, right? They have certain things that their minds are not renewed to. That's why they are not married. Or when they marry, they marry the wrong person because they fail to see the will of God for their life. A lot of people can be saying, okay, a lot of people can be in a state for so long and not know that that's where God's plan and God's call, God's will is. So renewing your mind in every, when I mean every area, I mean you're going to expose your mind. When I mean every area, every area means every area. You're not going to take a stance and say, no, this side, I'm not going to put this side. I remember when I was even much younger, I, I, I sat down with my step and I said, I'm going to expose my mind to every aspect. Every aspect needs to be renewed to God's word. In fact, there was even a time I stopped watching uh, marriage seminars on TV because I felt like, how does people who don't know the word teach me marriage? That was just a plan that I just had because I needed to feed my mind on the word so much. I mean, some people who don't even know the, the left and right of the Old and New Testament, and they will not be teaching. I, that, that was just my bias, right? I mean, I've grown past that now. That was just my bias because I needed to expose every area of my life to God's word. Don't leave any area of yourself and say, This is who I am. And this is my temperament. Upon all the words you've heard, you still have a temperament. Upon all the Sunday service, all the Tuesday service, all the Bible seminar, all the teachings online, you still have a temperament. Some say, I'm Scorpio. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Scorpio. I'm a Libra. Is that still who you are? Upon all the, all the words you listen to, 
So renewing your mind is the first point of call. Like I said, a whole lot of people can be daggling around the will of God for their life and they will never know. Why? Because they failed to see it because they have an all-renewed mind. I remember many years ago, I was to go to an high school. I've gotten, I've gotten admission to the high school, right? I, uh, I mean, it was a very good one, very cheap. I mean, uh, my father can, at that time, my father can even afford it at that time. My mother just said, you know what? No. For some reason. My mother just said, you know what? No, I don't want him to go to this school. My father was wondering, why? I mean, he passed the exam. I passed the exam once in a sitting. I don't used to do well in mass, but if for some reason that mass, that common entrance, I did well in that exam. And my mother was like, my father, my mother, my father was like, hey, let him just go to this one. My mother said, no. Then my mother opted to another school that I didn't even pass the, 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 the common exam, the entrance examination once. I had to take it like twice or three times. My mother said, this is the school I feel like you should go. I believe, my father was like, when I didn't pass it the first time, my father said, you see, you should just go to this war. My mother said, no, I don't, something, something is just off about our school. I'm like, what's, what's there? I mean, all my friends are going to this school, let me just go there. My mother said, no. At, my mother said, he's going to take the exam again. For some reason, they don't take that kind of exam again because my school, my school was very, very, very strict. They don't take that school. If you don't start in the very first year, you can't enter again. So my mother's like, and I don't even know how they open the slot for a second exam. They don't, they really do it. So I took the second exam. I don't think I passed it. My mother said, we're going to wait for a third exam. Ah. <laughs> ah. My father was like, my father was like, why would you keep wasting our money paying for common examination, paying for common entrance, doing all of those things? Why would you keep doing all of those things? I'm like, my mother's like, that's the school you should go. My father's like, okay, since you are the woman, you have to say, you hear God, okay, just do it. I took the exam the third time. Fortunately enough, I passed by one score. <laughs> you know, say, let's say your, your cutoff mark is 100. Say, let's say out of maybe like 500, if you pass 100, you pass. I, pass, I go 101. But I said, yeah, that's it. You enter now. <laughs> and that's it. So as I got into the school, the school was very strict. Oh my God, I hated every bit. Till today, I still hate it. <laughs> oh my God. I, but you know what? That was the square I got born again. Hallelujah. That was where I got born again. I'll share with a friend someday. I, I think over the weekend we were having a conversation. And I said, uh, I just did certain things. My mother caught me and they just preached to me and I got born again there. What if I never went to that school? That means I may never be a preacher. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So we, we can keep. We, hey, Lord, let me tell you something. I'm teaching this thing and I'm trying to make it very practical as possible. A lot of people can just be going in circles like this. Just going in circles like this. And this is God's plan for their life and they will never know it. They won't know it because of an all-renewed mind. A bias. Let's say, and let me tell you something. The way, I don't know why I'm spending a lot of time on this. The way the world has gotten now is such that you can watch a movie 
and the movie can stay so much on your mind, change your thinking pattern, change your adjustment, change everything. Just like how we are not seeing homosexuality and LGBTQ community as a crime anymore. You know why? We've watched too many movies in America to see it as norm. I remember when I was much younger, you see a man and a woman, or a man and a man together, it's going to be a, you're going to be like, you're going to be disgusted. I mean, does it mean it has been happening for time immemorial, obviously. But you know what happened? The culture of movies pushed it to our face that it has become a norm. So you know what it happened? This is summer now, when you see a woman and a woman together anymore, you're just going to see it as a norm. You're not going to have an irritation anymore. Why? Our minds have adjusted to it. So you hear somebody say, I don't want to marry a man anymore. I want to marry a woman. That can be God's plan for their lives. But you know what happened? They've gotten an adjustment from the, from the world of, from another world. How many of you are following what I'm saying this morning? So in following God's plan for your life, in following God's will for your life, you've got to renew your mind. You've got a lot of renewing of your mind to do. So you've got to renew your mind. You've got to understand that when you do, you will recognize what God is telling you to do. You've got to understand that when you renew your mind, you will understand what God is telling you to do. But if you fail to... See, a lot of people can be talking to their future partner and they can be in so much hatred towards that person. Why? The, person is, the person's leg is very ashy. Person's hands are very, person is not well kept. Says his, his ear is not well combed. And they've been talking to their official partner that God wants them to marry. They just, just because they watch so many movies of how they say, your husband must be tall, dark, and handsome. If he doesn't meet this criteria, he's a red flag. And you know all this five, five minutes talk on Instagram, people just try to blow. They are not even following what they are saying. They are just trying to do content for you. I figured that. They are not, they're just trying to blow. They're just trying to have content on their profile. They are not even following what they are saying because there's too much content to follow. Too many rules to follow. I stumbled on one last night. I was trying to prepare for service. I just picked up my phone. I don't even know why. Probably it's just so that I can say this this morning. And I was just, I was just looking at my notes. Just, I just picked up my phone. I just saw one guy on my Instagram rule. And I just tried to check his feet. Say, man, do this one rule. Ah. Then I clicked on now do another route. Then I I looked at almost 15 videos, several rules. Which one am I going to follow? And I asked myself, is this guy really following all the rules? Obviously, no. I'm telling you the truth. See, the social media world, every all of us are just deceiving ourselves. When you post a fine picture, does that mean that you, everything is going well with you? No. But everybody will like it and say, go, girl. Now, we, we live in Gen Z, whatever. Say, Paul, fire. You know, so you eat it. Give them. <laughs> if you say, guys, say, hmm, OG. <laughs> you know, so many things like that. So I just kept looking at the guys. I just said, nah, this guy is just trying to blow. He's just trying to, you know, boost his contents on social media. So they just do two tips. They say, two tips. They will not put a, a solo music on the road. Uh, they say, 
man, look very carefully. That must be a red flag. Even the person talking doesn't know red flag. So you live your life by following what you, or people who just want to be content creators, they just put, they just post certain things on social media, and somebody told them to post it, and just to get tracked on to their page, you follow it. You see, if he just, you know, if his mouth is smelling, it's a red flag. So you, the future husband that God has put right for you, his mouth smelled when he came to you, said, because of what I read, I can't talk to this person. Just buy him a toothpaste. <laughs> or give him a list to read. Simple. It's that simple. I don't know. See, the way the social media world is, to date or to marry has become more complicated as we think. And it's going to keep getting more complicated. That's why it seems like we have more divorce in our today's world than in the olden old days. Because once you are tired, you move. <laughs> They'll tell you, once you don't enjoy your marriage, if there is no love, it's not every day. Say, 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 love. I, I've seen my parents. I don't think they love each other, but they are just there. They're just there. <laughs> I, I, I don't think they love each other. I think the only day they love each other is maybe on their birthdays. In fact, I, I called my mom on her birthday. My dad wasn't around. My, my father told my mom. My mom was telling me that my father told her, said, no, we we'll celebrate the birthday when I come back. That's one month later. Now he has come back. They've not still celebrated the birthday. They're just tolerating one another. But some will say, once you can't find the love, it's a red flag. It's time to move out of your house. Now, divorce has become a norm. Really? See, now, so, so now, that means, now let me tell you something. You're going to enter a marriage, right? Because if your mind is not renewed, you're going to enter a marriage and you're going to have divorce as an alternative somewhere. <laughs> now, once you make a mistake like this, so some people are signing prenup because... They don't know anything can happen. So or once it just happens, like, so they are conditioning their mind. I've given you one warning. One in two. One in three. I warned them several times. So you'll go to Steve Wickle's show <laughs> or Jerry Springer's show or court or the, or the judge. That's how somebody came to the I watched one judge. She's a woman. She's part of this popular judge. Somebody came to the court and said, the reason I don't love him anymore is because he cooks for me too much. And he's making me fat. That's why I could not go to gym. The judge said, come and say it again. Like, she said, she's, he's cooking for you too. He said, yeah. He said, in the night when I'm trying to sleep, he's just going to give me three square meal. The whole court screamed. The woman was like, you mean? You came to court today to report your man for cooking? For you? He said, yes. That's why I'm fat like this. <laughs> now, look at the kind of world we live in. Are you getting what I'm saying, guys? So, if you don't renew your mind, you're going to enter a relationship thinking, uh, I got to divorce someday. It's, this is, if I ask you, I even let you like the money, you're like, it's not going to be for life. <laughs> As you are getting to the reason, it's not going to be for life. 
as I'm looking at the, the way it smells, I can, I'm just going to tolerate it at this dating stage. But once we get into the marriage, and I give him like four warnings. You know, some people have some bias in their mind. Just three warnings. And the last one, I can't bear it. So warning one, I've given you. Just like your job. <laughs> warning one, read, then the second one, written warning. I've sent it to your email. I've discussed it with you. Baba, and written one. Then the next one, you're going to have suspension. <laughs> You've got to renew your mind. Some people, can, some people can be so fixated on a job. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to, and they have failed to see another option. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, some people can be saying, oh, this is, this is, that's why I told you, don't set a line mind for yourself. I stopped doing that thing many years ago. So we say, when I'm 30, I'm going to have my life this. So you are working at what you have said. And that might not be what God is saying. When I'm 50, so this has to be settled. This has to be settled. And when you are 50, God is just saying, maybe you're starting your life. Kennedy again said, when he was 45 years in ministry or so, that's when he was just starting the exact thing that God wanted his ministry to reach the world with. I mean, for the five years in ministry, everybody will have been celebrating, right? Say, oh, yeah, I've, got, I've done some work. That's when he just started. Remember Bible training center that took his ministry all over the world. So there's such a thing as God's plan for your life. And if you don't know it, if you don't renew your mind, <laughs> you're going to have a big problem. So if you keep following skits, keep following all of those things, you're going to have a big problem. You're going to have a big problem. If you keep following um, Instagram reels, five minutes, two minutes videos, short videos, say, oh, it's a red flag. It's a sign. Oh, is it this? Is it that? Oh, it's this. I remember some years ago, too. Uh, I, you know, a lot of people say, it's a sign. Some people use that superstitious word, it's a sign. We're going to get to that. It's a sign. Don't worry, we're, we're in for a good time in this series. It's a sign. What's the sign? What sign? <laughs> so renew your mind. Hallelujah. Renew your mind. Expose your mind to God's word. Your job aspect, your, your marriage, your relationship, your everything, your career, everything. Put it to the word. Your anger, your, stop saying, this is who I am. You are what the word says you are. You are what the scripture says you are. You are not what Instagram says you are. You are not what TikTok says you are. You are not what Facebook says you are. Now, everybody is trying to, trying to be a one or big content creator on TikTok. Everybody is going through live videos, doing things. If you go on TikTok now, there's several people. Sunday morning when people are supposed to be in church, everybody's alive. Arguing, doing one thing or the other, speed dating. Doing, do you like this person? Yes. Do you like it? Come on, come on, come on, join it, join it, join it. If you like this person, come on, request, request. What's your name? That's what people are doing now. So everybody is having emergency relationships. Everybody is having so many, so many things. So, so the world has this program. And if you don't renew your mind, you're going to fall into the bait. You will not follow what God has for you. 
I just told you my own story. I passed, you know, say, somebody say, what's so special about the nice school? <laughs> that was where I got born again. What if I never went there? What if I fall? What if we went to what my dad wanted me to go to? Now you know everybody can have a bias. My dad went to a, sec, a, 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 a secondary school that is Catholic, you know, and had all of those high school things, and he wanted his son to do the same thing too. You know, that's a function of an unrenewed mind. Like you know, that's for some of you too. Now you're already having an expectation for your children. Say, ah, when I give birth to my children, ah, allow your children to grow up. When I when I have my child like this, <laughs> the, the, I, I calm down. How about finding out what God's plan is for their life for them? Not you having a set mindset. Say, my children is not going to do that. Well, then when they are growing up, you are patterning them in a certain way. No. How about finding out? Just I just gave you an, a description of what my mom did. Okay, let me now give you another story. There was a time. I failed woefully. I was to leave the high school so bad. In fact, all things worked wrong. I was to leave. Now, my mom said, this time around, my mom was not agreeing for me to leave. Both parents wanted me to leave. Now, we now did everything in the natural. When I mean everything, there was no school in my city we didn't go to. No school could accept me. Why? That was very strange. Till I went back to that same school. I believe if I didn't go back to that same school, I wouldn't be in the ministry today. I wouldn't be in the ministry today. Hallelujah. So it's not just even just school. I tell people, I say, my high school, even though I don't like it, I had a big part to play. In my call of God. I say it tomorrow. So, you got to recognize God's leading. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, when you see that stigma, so, so a lot of us have that stigma. Okay, when I'm, when I'm 30, I should have had two houses, I should have bought that car. <laughs> uh, you're setting a line minds for yourself. You're putting yourself in prison. Just breathe. You are not running any one race. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't put yourself under pressure. Some people see on social media, say, say, I go to Dubai, I go to go Fendi, I go buy this, I want to buy. Okay. So some people will start. You know, some people, they are working hard to get what their friend has gotten. Some people, are, some people are taking a shift on Sunday morning, this morning, just because they saw their friend got something on social media, they liked it and they want to get it. See, that's a function of an unrenewed mind. Hallelujah. Amen. So, let's get into some other aspects. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Like I said, this is the last week's message, right? Amen. So, you're in God's providence, you're in God's foreknowledge, right? So, just like the gospel, if we arrange, so, do you understand the renewing of the mind thing? You've got to change the way you think. You've got to change, adjust your mindset to the word of God. You've got to see what the word is saying for itself. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, you know, we're in God's providence, we're in God's foreknowledge, just like the gospel. If we arrange things for you, 
Just like how you got saved. Let me explain certain things for you. Some of you, how you got saved, how you are in church this morning, how you, how you even believe the gospel, how you are a Christian. He will just arrange things for you. He will always provide a way for you. He will always orchestrate circumstances. Look at that. I, I just told you my own story. He just orchestrated circumstances for me to get saved. So people will always be part of God's will for your life. You cannot displace people. Men will always be part of God's plan for your life. That is, your pastor, your church, your friends. That's why you should not treat them with offense. You shouldn't leave certain God's given relationship with offense. A lot of people just get so offended. Some people, some people have failed to see why they are in that family. Why do you think you were born to that family? Why do you think you were not born to another family? When I was much younger, I used to think, ah, why, why was I born to this family? I mean, a family where we couldn't, we couldn't, we, we arrange, if we want to eat dinner, right, we, we draw a list, right? We, just, we sit down like we're doing a family meeting. Okay, so how much is, how much is this rice going to cost? We arrange it. How much is this um, tomatoes going to cost? We arrange it. How much this onions going to cost? We arrange it. We list it. So, 10 era, 20 then we spend naira, 20 we, we arrange it like $1, $2. We sit down, we, are, we arrange it. Then we start looking for how to cut, <laughs> how to cut the cost for dinner. So we we'll just arrange everything together. Everybody share it. If you don't, if you are not full, go and drink. That those type of meals are always sweet, so it's never going to be enough. So tell you, well, this guy at home, you just go, <laughs> go help yourself. <laughs> I, I was so. I remember there was there was a time I couldn't. My, my parents couldn't pay. I remember I couldn't pay my, my school fees uh, um, when, I was in, when I was in elementary school. And um, it's not like here where, we, where you go to elementary school free of charge, some, some, some elementary school free of charge. Those times you got to pay. And I was the only one in the whole set, like is that there was, let's say there's class A, there's class B, in the entire set who didn't pay school fees. And I was the only one under the tree that day. I, I will not remember, I will never forget. I couldn't go to my graduation, my elementary school graduation, because of it. As my mom said, if you go there and they don't give you graduation gown, what will you say? I said, ah, oh, that's true. I said, just sit down at home, everything's going to be fine. So I started asking myself, why did I come out from this family? <laughs> God. Then I remember I used to tell you a story of one guy in that my elementary school who I wanted to beg Cocoa Puffs from, and he called me a beggar. Just because his father was very rich. He said, why are you begging me? He said, stop begging me, beggar. I said, hey, Jesus. I'm not. <laughs> I said, his father was very rich. When you say very rich, I mean stinkily rich. You know, this side of student. How many of you, when you're much younger, you, there are some students in your class that you're just praying that they have their birthdays in school days, not on the weekend. That their birthday must fall on Monday to Fridays. If not, you're going to miss out if it's on the weekend. How many of you, you had this... Those kind of things. Just if they are bad days at that day, oh boy, oh the whole class is oh the whole class is going. <laughs> Those are not the days to miss class. If you miss school that day, you're in trouble. You missed. You missed heaven. <laughs> you know. So different things like that. So people will always be part of God's plan and God's way for your life. Your church will play a bigger role. Your pastor will do. Friends will do. 
supernatural friends, friends will do. And that's why you should not treat them badly. You should learn to handle relationships with care. Many of us have burnt a lot of bridges in our relationships. When you look at what God has given you, when you, a lot of people, see, that's why you see some people are backsliding because they walked away from God's arrangement from their lives. Many a times God orchestrates certain people to come to their lives, just like Paul and Barnabas. You see Paul and Barnabas' story, the, the utterance was majorly for Paul, but Barnabas was to tag along and be like his helper and be like all of those things for Paul and all of those things. But the Bible says in that, in that, in that, that they had no small dissimulation. In Acts 13, you saw, he says, separate Paul and Barnabas for the work he ought to have called you. See, in that 15, the Bible says they had no small dissimulation about themselves. They, they had a big fight. And you know what? Barnabas went his way. Paul went his way. And we never heard about Barnabas again. Somebody say, we, did he do well? Yeah, he did well, but the Holy Ghost never told us again. The Holy Ghost didn't want us to know what he's doing again. If the Holy Ghost wanted to tell us what he was doing, it would have been written. But the Holy Ghost continued with Paul. Yeah, I mean, there could be biases because, I mean, Luke wrote the scriptures and there would be biases because Luke might want to take the side of Paul and all of those things. But it's true. But because Luke is supposed to decide. But, but one thing you must understand is all scriptures was written by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost didn't show us what Barnabas was doing again. So a lot of people are backsliding just because they walked away from God's divine relationships from their life. Some people, they will just, some situations will orchestrate. Some people, there's just a situation that was orchestrated for you to come to church. And that was it. And now that you found it out, your job is to continue coming. But some will say, no, I, I, I need somebody to pick me up. If I don't pick, uh, uh, really? We're going to look at that. So we must be careful how we, uh, how we react to the flesh. We must be careful. Now, I want to get to a more practical side of this, and then we're close. Amen. So, the big question, what if I miss it in God's plan? Hallelujah. How many of you want to know that? What if you miss it? What happens? The question, what if you miss it? Don't forget we said you are in God's providence, right? You are in God's foreknowledge. Just like the gospel, you arrange things, you arrange situations just for you to get saved, just for you to get established, right? Just for you to get, you will arrange all of those things just for you. So many a times, we miss so many things. So the big question is, what if I miss it? What happens? What happens? So the question is, now the question, I wrote here in my note, I said, have you missed it? <laughs> I said, have you missed it? Somebody say, I just realized that I have missed it in certain things. This is a, as I've been teaching last week, I just, ah, I missed it in certain things. I missed it in... I missed it in that place. I should never have gone to that place. I should never have done that. I should never have been in that place. I should never have gone in that direction. I should never have picked that job. I should never have, you know, taken that offer. I should never have gone in that direction. I should never have, you know, you know, it's, it's going to happen. We're going to miss it sometimes. How many of you felt bad? How many of you have ever felt bad that you missed it before? I don't know if you, you just know it within your spirit. You say, I've missed it. I, I just know I missed it. I mean, if you, you felt that way before. It's normal. I've felt that way too before. But knowing that you miss it is actually God's plan for your life. <laughs> I mean, someone say, really? Yeah. Knowing that you missed it 
knowing that you missed it is God's plan for your life. Because correction and instructions are part of God's plan for your life. Corrections and instructions are part of God's plan for your life. Some people say, I've missed it in my career. I've missed it. Oh, I should never have broken up with that person. Oh, I've broken up with that person. Oh, I should never have even, even seen that person. I should, our past should never have even crossed paths. You know, just, just, just some people just like that. You know, I, I would just apply this relationship. A lot of people have been in certain relationships. They say, oh, no, I should. I, I should never have met that person. I, I, I should never. I had to, have, I had to have, have made those mistakes too. It's just wondering, okay, so how do I go from there? Corrections and instructions are part of his plan for your life. That's why we read the scriptures, we relay the scriptures. That's why you're actually in this service. <laughs> That's why you are actually listening to me now. Is orchestrating your steps to listen to me now. <laughs> you know. Now, remember we said in God's providence, right? God's foreknowledge, right? God's, 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 God's sovereignty, He knows. So we only, now listen to this very carefully, and I want you to take this down very well. We only walk out of His will and His plan for our lives when we have missed it and we have refused his correction. We have re refused his instructions. We have refused his correction. That is when we walk out of God's plan for our lives. So if you have found that we miss it, repentance is part of his plan. You are not ever going to get it right all the time. Repentance is part of his plan. Because many of us don't learn anything until we are wrong. How many of you know that? Uh, I remember when we were much younger, they used to do something. If you, if you do a math classwork, they say they would give you a class, so they would not come out and do correction. I don't know if you know that thing. Correction. And many of you don't get it right till you, till you are corrected. I don't know if you know that. That sometimes you just need to miss it to get it right. As a pastor, personally, let me tell you the truth. I've learned to watch some people make their mistake sometimes. So say, is that harsh? So, I mean, when you've taught them the word, you've corrected them, you've given them instruction, and they still want to follow what they want to do, I say, oh, you can do it. You just go. Just, just do it. I'm sure, you, I'm sure I'll keep praying for you. I trust God. I know that one day, maybe, maybe your sense will come back. <laughs> maybe. So, because not everybody who senses come back. I can tell you from experience. Some people's senses haven't still come back for years. <laughs> and some have come back, thank God. So after I just you mean you make your you make your mistake. I mean, so he corrects us, and you know what? We get strong, and we get better. We get stronger, and we get better from his correction. So just like God knows, just, let's look at Adam for instance. God knows that Adam was going to make a mistake. God knew that Adam and Eve was going to sin. God knew it. God didn't, God didn't, some people say, God, did God make him? That's a wrong question. God didn't make Adam and Eve sin. But you don't have an influence in foreknowledge, you just know. In foreknowledge, when we say foreknowledge of God, you don't have an influence over that. You just know it. So foreknowledge shows us that his creation has his own view. So God 
plan. So God planned. So you know what God started doing? When he saw that Adam was when he knew that Adam was gonna see, he started planning. He knew that oh, I got I gotta I gotta come down myself to come and save man. So let me tell you what God did. So without Adam and Eve's sin, you and I would never have known how loving God is. How many of you know what is it? How many of you know? He used that situation now and turned it around for his good. All of us would just have, if, the, if, if sin was just the way it was, there was no, if, if there was no sin, nothing happened on there, everything was just going normally, you and I would just be wondering, who is that God? You will never have seen his love. You will never have known how patient, how long-suffering God is. So he predestinates and chooses to say, just like Judas. So he always, so God always now see, that means if you make a mistake, he has, he has a way of turning that bad, right? And making it good. But you're gonna take your you're gonna see, you're gonna, right? You're gonna learn your correction, right? And you're gonna get stronger, right? You're gonna get better, right? You know, Adam and Eve later on in Genesis 5, they see they found out that they were mortal. They found out that they were men. They came to a realization of it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at Judas. Judas did a bad thing. Judas betrayed. Look at Pilate. Pilate did a bad thing. They crucified Jesus. They did all of those things. But look at what happened. Jesus used the negative. What was the negative? He used that to bring life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. He used death to give us life. So such that when we believe the gospel today, you and I will not see death anymore. He used persecution, he used rejection to bring out his suffering, to bring out things. That's why you see in Romans, go, go to Romans 8, everybody, quickly. Romans 8, verse 28. Are you learning something, guys? We are, don't forget, what's the big question we're asking? What if I miss it, right? What if I, what if I get it wrong? What happens? All right, look at it. Look at it in Romans 8, verse 28. It says, And we know that all things work together to them that love God. To them that are called according to his purpose. To him he did foreknow, right? To him he did predestinate. When we say in the foreknowledge of God, he just know it, right? He doesn't influence, right? Says to him he did for the he confirmed to the image of his son that he might become firstborn among many men. Moreover, he did predestinate them to be called. And he called them and he also justified. And he justified, he also glorified. He now says in verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, right? Who shall what? Be against us. In verse 32, he that spared not his own son, right? But delivered it for us. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? So God has worked everything out together for our good. Hallelujah. He has worked everything out together for our good. Look at Joseph. Joseph talked a lot. Joseph was that guy who was always putting out everything. We say, what's on your mind? On Facebook, Joseph will put it out. I see my father buying for me. What's on your mind? My brothers are buying for me. Joseph was that guy who on his WhatsApp status, he was always commenting. Now that, he's, now that you cannot do voice recording on a WhatsApp status, Joseph was that guy who would record his brother. I just had a dream. Brethren, hear what I dream. My father and my brothers are going to bow down for me and the sheep and everything. Joseph was that guy, he talked a lot. He put out so many details. He put out so many information. But you know what? Do you know what happened? Somebody said, a preacher said, Joseph's mouth took him to prison, right? But you know what? His mouth also took him to glory. Hallelujah. So, 
that's why when the brothers came to him in Egypt, when the brothers came, he couldn't talk much. He hid the information. He has learned now. <laughs> he has gotten wiser. Are you seeing it? He has gotten wiser. So when his brothers came, he knew how to keep secrets. Now he has grown up. But what happened? God used his mistakes and turned it around. So if you have missed it, don't shut yourself out. Yeah, I know you missed it in that relationship. You should never have met that guy. You should never. All right, you've gotten stronger. You've learned an experience. Many a times, there's an experience for you to learn. Hallelujah. Many a times, there's an experience for you to learn. I know you should not have taken that job. You should not have gone in that route. You should not have done that. There's an experience for you to learn. It's going to be useful for somebody else tomorrow. As a preacher, many times when I make a mistake and I say, oh, this is what I just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to use this to teach someday and this, this is going to bless lives. I just, I just know it. I just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to use this to teach someday. I'm going to bless lives. Amen. I just know it. I remember I told you a story. I told some of you a story some weeks ago. I said I found out recently as I was praying in the bush one day and the Lord told me, said, you know, that thing you did in ministry for four years, I never sent you to do it. I was like, whoa. I never sent you to go there. I never sent you to be in that place. I said, wow. So for four years, I said, wow. But you know what? If I didn't go there, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't have met some of you. Hallelujah. So you see, he turned it around for good. Amen. That's why. So don't shut yourself out, right? Everybody will miss it. I'm going to miss it too. Even in ministry, I remember there was a time we were holding miracles. I told you, oh, no, that's not what God wanted us to do. We missed it there. There were times, I remember there was a time we, we, we decided to say, no, let's take it down. Oh, let's, let's, let's do it. This, this is not time. There's time we wanted to embark on a journey and say, oh, no, this, nah, this, this, is not, this is not now. There are times we, we've gathered materials, we've statistics, we've drawn the blood, say, oh, yes. I remember there was a time when they started holding crusades all around. I said, no. I said, oh, this general will set up. He said, nah, <laughs> it's not your time. Everybody, he misses and everybody's not. I said, no. That's why even as a preacher, I've learned to say sorry. I said, hey, guys, I, I, I'm, not so, I'm not so perfect that I cannot come to this pulpit and say, hey, guys, sorry, I missed it there. I, I just, uh, that, that teaching I taught you something. I, I remember my pastor said, I learned the teaching of giving. It was when he taught a series on giving so wrongly. That when he looked at it again, he said, oh, wow, he just came back. He said, no, nah, there's nothing on giving. He doesn't know because he has taught it wrongly. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he had to miss it to get it right. So he had to withdraw the things and say, oh, no, that's, that's wrong. You know? So we will use, so he will use our carelessness and our mistakes. And he will turn it around for our good. Hallelujah. That, that's because he's God. He knows how to do it. So in his plan, he sees that there's going to be a mistake. He sees that there's going to be, there's going to be, oh, you're, you're going to meet that bad friend. You're going to meet that person. You're going to make that mistake. You're going to take up that wrong job. You're going to go in that direction, that wrong place. You're going to do something that he never sent you to do. You're just going to go that. You're just going to take up that path that is not in his plan and his course for your life. You're just going to. So he sees it. But let me tell you, the time you resist it, the time you resist his correction, the time you resist to see it, Many people say, oh, yeah, I've been wrong, and they stay wrong. They just stay, they just say, oh, yeah, I know I'm wrong. Some people say, it's just like some people say, I, I, know, I know I'm supposed to be preaching, but I don't want to preach. 
I've heard people say that. I mean, they've heard several teachings, they've heard several sermons. You, you, you pray with them, you do so many things. Just like some people are supposed to be in service this morning. Say, oh, I know I'm supposed to be in service. I know God wants to use me, but I'm not interested. I mean, there's nothing God is going to do by that. You're going to keep wallowing in your mistakes. Are you getting what I'm saying? So if you resist this correction, you resist this admonition, you resist it, you're not, you will be out of his will. So all of this, some people say, I'm not supposed to be serving God. I'm not supposed to be preaching. Some people say, I'm not supposed to be a choir. I'm not supposed to be singing. I'm not supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be doing something in the work of me. I'm not supposed to be, well, you know, and the fact is, they've known it for so long. But you know what? They've just chosen not to accept their correction, not to seek help, not to seek repentance. And you know, many a times, when you, how many of you notice that? When you miss it, there just seem to be a door. Like you just meet somebody who just correct you. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know. Or there'll just be an utterance you will hear. I don't know if that has happened to you before. You just be, I, I remember many years ago, I wanted to miss it in ministry, right? I, 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 was, I was about to miss it in ministry. I was about to miss it. When I mean miss it, I was about to take a long trip. I you know. <laughs> uh, you know that story I always tell you that I've not just linked it together, but I'll, I'll link it today. You know that story I always tell you that I went to a place and they were praying and I almost ran away. If I never, that's, that, somebody just saw it and just said, give my, said, should give my mother to give me. I was at that verge of missing it when I met that prayer meeting. It, it's as though God would just occasionally, so you just miss certain things, your schedule would just be occasionally to a church, you just, you just say, oh yeah, and you will just hear something and you just say, oh, this is it. And you know what you do? You will stay in line with that thing. You will know that, okay, this is how I got it right. This is how I'm going to keep getting it right. God is never going to change how it works. So if he has, he has been using your pastor for you, you know that this is your pastor forever. If he's been using your church for you, then you know that's your church forever. If it's not going to change how it works. It's going to work with that circumstance. But many of us will never learn. Even as a custom, I learned this from my pastor. I don't despise criticism. If you criticize, I can correct you and tell you this and that. But if you criticize even my message, I'll just, I will listen to you. And I will go back and go and think strongly about what you said. Because that can be God's way of talking to me. But it's when I see that, okay, I align certain things, I say, okay, this is not God's way. Okay, fine. There's so many people that cannot speak to my life. Because I know these people don't even have the authority to do so. Are you getting what I'm saying? So many times, personally, if I'm missing it, I just need to hear certain things. It's just a voice I hear. It's just a text message. It's just something. I just know it. In Jesus' parable, everyone got better as they were corrected. So, but if you stay and say, I'm forgetting the difference now. If you say, okay, I know I've missed it. I know I'm... I know I'm supposed not to do. I know I'm, I, this is the part I'm supposed to follow. This is where I'm supposed to be. But you choose not to. You're going to step out of God's way for your life. That is when you start missing it in God's way for your life. Some say, okay, um, what about when I've gotten married to somebody that I'm supposed not to get married to? Okay, and you know I cannot break up the marriage. This is that, that, that. Well, he's going to work it out for you. Hallelujah. 
The first step is you have recognized that you're wrong. It's not the best thing. It's not the, oh, now I'm divorcing. Now I know I'm supposed to be. No. It's going to orchestrate the salvation of your partner for you. Hallelujah. Amen. So in that concurrence and providence, you will see God's plan. Even the fact that you're in that family, you will see the reasons why you're in that family. So many of us don't have not still learned to appreciate why you're in that family. That's why I say, I don't want to be a man. I want to be a boy. I want to be a girl. So I say, I see myself as a, I, I identify as a girl. I identify as a boy girl. What's that? That's just because you have not learned to appreciate that there is a reason God made you that way. So you've got to learn, right? You've got a lot to learn. You've got a lot to you've got to learn to walk in love, right? You've got to, that's why even when you're in that family, you've got to walk in love. That's, even when you're in that church, you've got to walk in love. Even when you're in that pastor, you've got to walk in love because he's gonna keep using that person for you. So when you walk out of things like that, right? Light, are you seeing it? You start missing it in God's plan. Some of you, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to go to that state. I'm not supposed to go to that place. Uh, is it too late? No, it's not too late. That's why you're here in this sermon this morning. Amen. So you just don't want to, it's going to adjust yourself. And you know what? There's just going to be a thorn around where they'll just be like, hey, we, but is, there, is, there, is it always going to be smooth all the time? Remember how we started? Is that we said many tears in serving God, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, going to, it's not going to be easy. In first Samuel 8. Because it, let me tell you something. A lot of people don't know that God uses suffering to mature us. He uses a lot of suffering to mature us. They were asking for a king in 1 Samuel 8. Israel was asking for it. God was like, I'm your king. Israel said, no, we, want, we don't want an invisible king. We want a king that we can see. We want a king that we can come. So, someone was like, Lord, what do we do? And they said, give us a king. And the Lord gave them Saul. Who was Saul? Saul was that guy who missed it too. <laughs> So you will learn as you move on, right? I'm going to keep learning. I'm not perfect myself. I'm going to keep learning as I'm preaching to you, as I'm teaching you, as I'm working in the work of ministry. I'm going to keep learning. Am we going to miss it? Oh, yeah, we're going to miss it. But uh, things are going to, but it's going to correct us. Look at it. Look at in Hebrews 12, verse 5. Look at Hebrews 12, verse 5. I want everybody to read it. Are you learning something? Is this making sense? So what if you make mistakes? Don't resist his correction. Are you getting what I'm Don't resist his correction. Receive his repentance, right? Don't resist it. In his correction, and you know corrections are not always sweet. How many of you know? How many of you know? Uh, a lot of people, people, people don't like when pastor talks to them and shout, oh, just do this. Everybody don't like it. Corrections are not sweet. I'm never going, if I'm a pastor and I have to pamper you all the time, then I'm a bad pastor. If I, have to, if I cannot look at you in the face and tell you what you are doing is wrong, uh, uh, something is wrong. Corrections are not going to be sweet. No, 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 no. Hope you know corrections are not going to be So in the correction, does that mean it's going to be sweet? That, oh, wow, glory. Oh, glory, glory. In the correction of Joseph, was it sweet? He had to go to prison. He had to go to Potiphar's wife before he got to the throne. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? So was he sweet? No, but he was getting corrected. His start was being retraced. But what was happening? He was getting matured, right? Gaining the experience, right? Exactly. Exactly. Now look at the Numbers 12, verse 5. 
It says, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you. It says, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when that rebuked of him. So you see, the Lord corrects people. Right? He says, don't be faint when you are rebuked. That is, don't be angry. Don't feel weak. Don't feel, why is the Lord correct? A lot of people don't like services like this where they feel like they are attacked. <laughs> why are they attacking me? So you mean I'm going to drop that job? Yes, go and drop it. <laughs> See, you mean I would not go in that direction? Yes, don't go. So we don't like it. See, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to say this? No, it's just God's plan for your life. So we don't like it. But this is God. He does that. He says, for the Lord loveth him, he chasteneth and scourges. When he says scourges, it means he used cane. <laughs> well, that's not who God does. A lot of those things. When he says scourges in the, in, the, in the etymology of words, it just simply means they have to put them on the cross, do all of those things. But that's not God or the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, scourges every son whom we receive it. And I says, if ye enjoy chastening, look at what he says. God dealeth with you as with son. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? He says, he corrects us. He instructs us. And what happens? We are better for it. So never resist correction. Always have an honest heart. I always tell people, always retain your innocence. Your innocence of studying God's word. Your innocence of prayer. Your innocence of feeding on the word. That innocence. Always have that innocence. Never resist it. Once you resist it, you are out of this plan for your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Once you resist it, you are out of this plan for your life. That's why it must never be difficult for you to say, I'm wrong. In fact, practice it in little things. Practice it in telling somebody, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Are you getting what I'm saying? Start practicing it. Never be prideful. Even me, as a pastor, <laughs> I'm very sorry. So many times I'm very sorry. Yeah, I missed it there. I'm not perfect. I'm, still, I'm trying to follow. I'm trying to. I'm still trying to follow God. When I gather all my experience together and I see how the Lord has led me, I'm just like, whoa! I never knew He's going to turn out this way. Was He easy? No, He wasn't. The many things go the way He wanted. Ah, it was so, 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 so weird. I just felt, ah, why is this going this way? None of us has gotten it 100% and no one has ever gotten it. So, willful disobedience is not the will of God. So, many people know that this is the God's will, but they are in willful disobedience. Willful disobedience is not God's plan for their lives. It can never be God's plan for your life. Some people now will hear what I'm teaching this morning and say, I'm still going to go I'm still gonna go continue what I'm doing. I'm not going to drop it down. I'm not going to repent. I'm just going to enjoy myself. Weeful disobedience is you, you are not following. You are going to be out of God's plan for your life. Look at 2 Corinthians 12. Are you getting blessed? Are you getting blessed? 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 to 10. He said unto them, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect, what? In my weakness. He thou says, My strength is made perfect in my weakness, most gladly. Therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
You know, says in verse 10, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For I am weak. He says, for when I am weak, what? Then I'm. So that means when we are weak, when we cannot go in his way, you know, you can safely say, I am strong. Play for me, I close. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Says, there's no temptation that's, that's taking you. That which is common to man. But God is faithful that he will not suffer you. Says God is faithful that he will not suffer you. To be tempted above that which you are able, but you will be, but with the temptation also make a way that ye, you see, we will make a way of escape, right? That ye may what be able to bear it. So when you have a seared conscience, it's a willful disobedience, that's a willful action. You must never have a seared conscience. Never, 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 never. Uh, I heard my pastor share a story of somebody saying. Kennedy again said that he had 15 years. God told him that the first 15 years of his life, he was not even stepping into the first phase of his ministry. But he said, I, I, I can still waste my own 15 years. Are you Kennedy again? <laughs> just like some people say, uh, uh, just like personally, just like us as a ministry, I still don't believe. Yes, we've started though. But I still don't believe we have scratched the surface of what God wants us to do as supernatural community church. As I'm now that I'm speaking. I can tell you because I'm your pastor, I, I, I can tell you as I pray, we have still not yet scratched the surface of what God wants us to do in this ministry. We are still, it's like saying we are testing the waters to get into the plan. I can tell you. So we still have a long way ahead of us and we have a cost to fulfill. That's why we cannot be distracted at this point. We have to be focused. So corrections is part and parcel of God's plan for your life. I hear what I'm saying. So what if you miss it? You know, so, you know I, I, I just felt led to say this. Before you get into that relationship, even in that relationship, why not find out? Lord, why are we together? What is the essence of it? What are we supposed to do? Because if it is his plan, if it is his leading, it's going to lead you to do some things for him. But many of us have gotten superstitious. See, when you say when certain things are lying, we say it's a sign. When the when we see the winter, when we see the when we see the way, let's say now that there is summer now. We see winter. Let's say now that it's summer, now snow starts falling. All of you start saying, it's a sign. Sign of what? <laughs> it's a sign of what? Say, it's a sign for me not to go to work. Then your boss calls you and says, it's a sign for you to go leave the job. <laughs> so take advantage of every correction, right? Take advantage of every correction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like I told you, there was something I did in ministry for four years. Just two weeks ago, said, I never sent you to do it. Was it tough? Yeah. Was it painful? Yeah. Was it everything? But you know what? It thought that I would never have met some of you. So 
interrupting my plan, but it thundered around. But you know the beauty about it? I remember 2019, he told me, he spoke to me very oddly, he said. Because I used to say it so strong. I used to tell people, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to preach. And then he told me in 2019, I will never forget. He said, why have you said you will not be a pastor when I have called you to be one? And I knelt down in that field in that day. Shagamu, I will never forget. And I started repenting. So I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I accept your will. I accept your call. I accept what you want me to do in life. I used to tell people I will never be a pastor. I will never preach. Uh, just like my pastor used to say, tell people years ago to himself too. He used to say, he never was called to be a pastor. He never was called. He used to say, so I used to say it. I used to say, I was never called. But I can tell you from that day, as I got back, our ministry took a shape. Some of you that were there, you knew it. Things changed. Things changed. Well, I used to say, I will never be a pastor. And that was the very meeting the Lord told me. This is where I'm sending you to. Why? Because now I've seen my correction, right? I've seen my mistake and I've acknowledged his correction. So now he cannot freely walk me into his plan. Are you seeing it? And I can tell you from that day, our meetings changed. How many of you noticed? Things changed in our meetings. Things changed in our ministry. We started seeing more hand of God there. Our meetings started having different dimensions. Knew this is what God wants us to do for life. So in God's plan, it's not going to be about your comfort. It's not going to be about, but it's going to be about His glory. It's not going to be about your comfort. It's not going to be about, oh, it's sweet, it's rosy. Like I told you, He uses suffering to mature us. So you will go through test and trials. You will go through several pains in life. You know what? It's making you gain matured. It's making you gain experience. If I never had went through certain things in ministry, I probably would not know how to pastor a church today. <laughs> Amen. So, if you have made mistakes, it's part of God's plan. Amen. Amen. So, things are already set to help you in that plan. But remember what I said. Don't have a willful disobedience, right? When you see that you made a mistake, what do you do? You acknowledge it. And you receive his correction, right? And you take the correction, not just receive it as, okay, Lord, I receive your correction, and I will still go back to do you what you are doing. No. So every mistake is an opportunity to learn. That's why many times I tell people, I like people to make their mistakes. Uh, amen. Just pray the Holy Ghost for yourself. I know the Lord will speak to you this evening, this morning, praying the Holy Ghost, following God's plan for your life, praying the Holy Ghost, praying the Holy Ghost, praying the Holy Ghost, following God's plan for your life, mistakes are part of it. friend, 
Is this part of his plan? How about having, I don't know, I told you he will work with you in little details, right? He will. Before you take that direction, that turning. I remember there are places, that, there are things I've done in ministry and the Lord will tell me, I never sent you to do it. Hope you know that he cannot reward you for something he has not sent you to do. So you waste your time, you waste your money, you waste all your resources. You will pray, you will see mighty miracles, but he never sent you to do it. Just like some of us, I told us that meeting we used to hold, said, no, that's not God's plan. <laughs> so we must always be always be ready to receive his correction. That's why you must even be a bit slower. We're just crashing the surface of this series. Believe will continue next week. How about you pray again for yourself more? Amen. Pray. Follow God's plan for your life. Pray. 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 Lift your voices. Pray. You are receiving His correction and His direction this morning. Sefrekani manana da susus.